Thinking Sideways is not supported by bees who make heptagon-shaped hives. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinkingsideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, your host, joined as always by... Devin. And... Steve. And we're here this week to talk about another cool mystery. Yeah. Yeah. This week we're going to talk about Louis Le Prince, who mysteriously vanished. Let me start off with a few biographical details about Louis Le Prince. Um... He was born in France in 1841, uh, moved to Leeds, England in 1866, uh, taking, taking a job working for a college friend in a brass foundry. I think he was an engineer. Mm. Um, he eventually married, moved to the U.S. for a while, and began experimenting with motion pictures. He was trying to build himself a movie camera. He produced uh, a 16-lens camera, which was kind of so-so. Essentially what it did is it took... 16 sequential photographs yeah Mm. but didn't quite work out so great because every every photograph was taken from a slightly different vantage point Mm. so it gave kind of a jerky result if you're trying to picture it it almost looked like to figure out how the lens configuration is it's almost like the buttons on a double-breasted suit in a really long one yes yeah that's exactly Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, or you can go and look up pictures of it on the internet because we have pictures of the machine. But yeah, there's, there's, it there's, wasn't a, it wasn't a real accurate machine. No, that didn't. But yeah, so uh, he he began because he didn't like the results on that one. He got a patent on it anyway. But smart started. Yeah, started working on a single lens camera, and eventually produced a prototype and also a prototype projector. And he actually is credited with making the world's first moving pictures. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was in Leeds where he made those films. Uh, he, England. Yeah, Leeds, England. Yeah, he tested his prototypes. Before uh, moving to the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. I think, I, well, no, I think this is after he came oh, back he from came the U.S. And, and back to Leeds, and that's where he made his first films, uh, which was in 1888. And by the way, those films can be found online. Uh, they're incredibly short. Is 2.2 2 seconds. Is one of yeah. them like the running, what's the running horse one? That's Moorbridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not this guy. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to talk about that stuff uh, about that stuff before we talk about his, his mysterious disappearance? Uh, you know, let's let's talk about let's just go through the story and then we'll talk about the technology and then we can go from there. That's probably okay. the better way so we don't break it up too much. Okay, all right. Uh, generally, Thomas Edison and the Lumiere brothers, uh, who are French guys, uh, they get all the credit for the invention of movies. But uh, Louis Le Prince actually was the first out of the gate. He produced his prototype several years, I think before Edison produced his. After he had a good functioning single lens prototype and projector, he made plans uh, to go to New York to put on a public demonstration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that would have been 1890 when that happened. So that was a, a year ahead of when uh, Thomas Edison applied for his patent. Wasn't that kind of a trend in Thomas Edison's career? What's a little that? bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little. Are we, yeah. Are we talking about that? For... Okay. We are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, How can we not? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, now we, now we get to talk about his disappearance. woo Yeah, okay. In September 1890, uh, Louis Le Prince went to Dijon to visit his brother Albert. Grey Poupon? Yeah, that was <laughs> the town of, yeah, it used to be Grey Poupon. They changed it to Dijon. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dijon actually in French means Dijon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. 
Can we stop the mustard jokes? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, on September 16, 1890, his brother Albert took him to the Dijon railway station and put him on a train to Paris, where Louis was supposed to meet up with friends to continue the journey to his journey to the UK and then on to America for the demonstration. Uh, Louis Le Prince had his prototypes with him as well as his luggage. Long story short, when the train arrived in Paris, Louis Le Prince was not on the train. And a mystery was born. Also, his luggage and his prototypes were gone, too. None of the passengers reported seeing anything strange happening. Nobody saw somebody getting beaten or somebody getting drug off or, you know. Did they they say they noticed a dude with, like, really big bags? Uh, Everybody had really big luggage in those days, though. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, it it appears that nobody really noticed him, which actually in in and of itself is a little strange because he was actually a big guy. He was like 6'3 or Mm 4. You know, he he was a pretty big guy. French police searched the train. Uh, then they searched the train line all the way back from Paris to Dijon, which is, by the way, quite a trip. That's mm-hmm. quite a lot, a long, a big swath of territory to search. Mm-hmm. They found no sign of Louis Le Prince. And his disappearance is a mystery to this day. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah, what's up? Uh, how soon did they search the train? I've never been able to find details. I have not either. Yeah, this is you know this happened like you know obviously more than a hundred years ago, so details are a little sketchy. Well, it, it depends on the telling, though. Sometimes it almost makes it sound as if the train arrived and police immediately swarmed over the train. That can't nah. possibly be true. It's, yeah. No, there's no way. But that's when you do the reading. Some of the stuff you come across mm-hmm. gives that impression. But I, I, I don't. Trains don't normally stay at the station for well, extended if it was, periods. Exactly. If Paris yeah. is the end of the line, though. Maybe, maybe it would have stayed there for a little bit. But the thing about it is, is I'm not sure exactly when anybody raised the alarm about him. It might have been one of these things. Maybe it's even there's been some distortion introduced to the whole thing, and maybe railroad employees eventually searched the train. Mm-hmm. Maybe the police did it. It might have been mm-hmm. days afterwards. Even mm-hmm. it could have okay. been. One of, it could have been one of those things where it's like maybe somebody murdered him and stuffed his body in some little nook. Yeah, you know? but alternately, and, it could have been one of those things where you know his friends were waiting to pick him up. They didn't see him. The conductor said, you know, okay, we're all aboard. And somebody said, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. My friend was supposed to get off here. Can you just go check, make sure he's not asleep? Uh-huh. You know, they said, yeah, and sure. They discovered that he was not there. And they said, uh-huh. uh, and, you know, they thought, oh, yeah, and so they, play or and something. They, they went, yeah, and they went through the train and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I don't know how thorough the search was. but Yeah. But, yeah, so. And, again, it's time before cell phones, so it's not exactly like you just. Text him. him. Yeah, say, yeah. hey, where are you? And he doesn't respond, and you go, oh, no. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, he can't just say, oh, I missed the train. I'll be on the next one. Mm-hmm. Which is, So you, you know. could just make the assumption, oh, he missed the train. He'll be on the next one. Yeah, true. So uh, anyway, that's our mystery. This is a pretty short intro to this one. We're going to descend right into the theories. Unless well, you, actually, you want to talk about... I, we need to explain kind of what he's doing here based okay. on the time frame. Because... This, if you haven't ever done any research uh, into the history of photography, this makes no sense in mean? terms of how cameras worked. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever had to do that. Do do, okay, you're giving me looks like. Well, I don't know what you're asking. If you've had to do any research on the history of, of photography and stuff no. like that. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I haven't. I I'm did. not the artist I, in this room. I took classes in it. <laughs> no, so, I, I know that, I know that uh, they invented the cell phone. <laughs> and then they, and then, then they invented the camera, the camera to go in the cell phone. Yeah. Then, and then they invented the selfie. Uh-huh. And then they invented the internet. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. somewhere in there, yeah. That's what I know. 
Well, so I know that this is part of Louis's uh, history is that he was fr- he was family friends with Daguerre. Yeah. Because if you've ever heard, you may have heard of the phrase a daguerreotype, yeah. and that's a type of photographic image. I don't know what that means. A daguerreotype is a very it's a very Simple way of making a photo. You basically take polished silver, a plate, and you put chemicals on it. You, they're light sensitive. You expose it like you would a film, you know, photographic film. It's the same principle, but it's chemicals on a plate. And then you process it, and then you put a sheet of glass over it because what has been exposed, um, I can't remember whether it's what's been exposed stays dark or if what hasn't been exposed washes away. One of the two, it leaves an image, and that's a daguerreotype. And you'll see them. There's all these old tin photos of, like, Confederate soldiers and stuff like that. That's their, their a version of that. But he, Lou of the Prince, was family friends yeah, apparently that, Daguerre. That, that Daguerre was his, was a, a, a buddy of his dad's. Yeah. So he spent a lot of time hanging out with him and yeah. learned a lot and got him, I'm sure that got him started on Oh yeah, so he so he knew about photography pictures. from that. Yeah. And then the other guy that you brought up was Moybridge. And people will know Moybridge, though they probably won't know his work, is if you've ever seen, I think it's a Horse Galloping is the name of it, but it is a series of images that they put in. Is it a spirograph that they call it? Not a spirograph. But it's a, a it cylinder a... with images on the inside, and you can spin it. Yeah. And, and it, it makes it look like the image is moving. It's a very early, crude version of actual movies. It's actually, it's a, it's actually the, a, the earliest GIF. Yeah, kind of. It, it, it really is because it repeats. Well, it just keep, yeah, yeah, and that's what Devin was talking about. Is he took these images of a horse that was running, but he didn't actually make a movie. It was like a flip book. It was stop motion photography, mm-hmm. is what it was. He had there was a bet to figure out if a horse's feet ever all four left the ground at once. Mm-hmm. So to be able to figure this out, he needed a uh, photograph. So he had, I think it was 16 or 28, something like that. I think it was 16. 16 cameras in a row. Threads run across the course that pulled the shutter. So as the horse crossed it and snapped the thread, it would take a photo. And then he assembled those. And that's how you get the actual first movie. Interesting. It would have been kind of amusing if the horse had gone galloping down the course and all the cameras had toppled over. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Who knows, maybe that happened the first time out. He's like, should not have used rope. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that uh, Le Prince wasn't the first one to invent this kind of technology. People have been working oh, on this yeah, for yeah. a while. Lots of people. Moybridge is the first yeah. one who proved that you could make a moving image. Mm-hmm. And then from there, everybody else. This was the age of, of you know, the gentleman inventor. Mm-hmm. Everybody the, was the, making these things. The Renaissance man. Yes, the Renaissance man. But that's that's how this whole technology worked, and that's what his 16-lens camera was, was the equivalent of, in one box, what yeah. Moybridge had done with 16 individual cameras. Yeah. Hmm. And, and then, of course, he was shooting on paper, so it wasn't as good. He's the one who figured out how to use uh, celluloid. Yeah, he did. and To yeah. make an image. And he started, yeah, he, t- he would take sheets of celluloid and cut it in strips yep. and stuff like that. And yeah. So, yeah, Which is he, why uh, his movies are so short. Well, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing about this, too, is that uh, eventually Thomas Edison basically owned the movie industry, and it was all run out of Menlo yeah. Park, New Jersey. And um, he, formed a, he formed a company. I can't remember what the company was called. But they essentially set the rules for filmmaking in the theaters. They, one of the things that they, they insisted on was that no movie be longer than 20 minutes. 
because they were of the opinion that the uh, the attention span of the American public was too short for anything more than 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I would kind of agree with that. Yeah, yeah me too. it's amazing we've gotten away with the length we've gone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But he's got that. But but uh, uh, he had a he had kind of a stranglehold. Everybody had to everybody had to pay him uh, royalties because he sewed up the whole thing with his patents and everything. And so that's why Hollywood got created, is because of Thomas Edison. Because all these people from the East Coast were were fed up with him, you know, setting the rules, making making them pay royalties whenever they wanted to show a film at a theater, and and telling them how long their movies could be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they moved out to California, which is a, in 1915, which is as far away from Edison as they could possibly get. Yeah. And uh, the the reigning the reigning court out there was the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and so uh, the the Ninth Circuit was not particularly sympathetic to monopolies such as what Edison had going. Oh, he was try- he tried to set up monopolies constantly. Oh yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about it, but he was a complete and total a-hole. Mhm. Everything that I've I mean, he did great things, but he was also a dirty businessman. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then the whole story of him and Tesla is kind of interesting in and of itself. Uh, that that warrants a lot of reading if you've never done that. Do you it. need to. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. But uh, there was a big, there was a big war, on, you know, over the whole thing between direct mm-hmm. current and alternating current. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. And Tesla invented alternating current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alternately, you can watch the Bob's Burgers episode. <laughs> yeah, there's that. About Topsy. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine how screwed up our oh, infrastructure would be topsy. if oh, we had uh, oh, direct current everywhere? Oh yeah. Topsy. Oh yeah. It'd be different. It would be terrible. Be better. No. No, direct current can only better. You are quoting a stu- you're quoting a cartoon on better. me, aren't you? I'm not saying it'd be no. I'm personally saying it'd be better. Uh, no, I'm not quoting power plants every five miles or ten miles because that's all you can transmit electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be a great. System. Yeah, just right. It's the arcs, right? You just have it arcing in between things. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> just have Tesla yeah. coils everywhere. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. In but... fact, we can just generate power in our own homes. <laughs> See, you don't need power plants. No? Uh, no I have no yeah. idea where that just went. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. It's I mean, I'm, I'm working on a small nuclear reactor myself. <laughs> Back to Louis the Prince. Um, we're going to talk about theories as to how and why he disappeared. Yep. Okay, first theory up. Uh, Thomas Edison did it. I uh, believe it. Yeah. I don't, uh, actually. Yeah, no, actually, the, uh, like, uh, the prince's widow believed that Edison was responsible for a little foul play. And, I could see why, though. Yeah. Well, he he had a he had, he actually did have an interest in this whole thing. He applied for his first moving picture patent a year later in 1891. After the disappearance. After the disappearance, yeah. Uh, in France, the Lumiere brothers staged their first moving picture show in Paris in 1895. Uh, so it does appear that that these people, especially Edison really benefited from Louis Le Prince's disappearance. Hmm. Now, um, let me ask about the patent thing, because yeah. I've, I, never, I could never find conclusive answers to this. As you read that Le Prince applied for a patent for the single-lens camera in the United States... Yeah, and it was denied. And it was denied, and then yeah. two years later... Edison applies for it and gets it without a hitch. And they, uh-huh. they deny, according to the readings that I've seen, it was denied because it infringed on another patent. Yeah, and, but, but Edison's design infringed on the same patent. Correct. But, but so, is there truth to that or do you know? I, I, I couldn't not, find out if that was true or not. I have not been able to, fit, to find that out for a certain okay. didn't so Edison Didn't Edison work in the patent office for a while? 
No, that's Einstein. Oh, that's yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but wrong you know, famous guy. Wrong, wrong famous e guy. You sort of you sort of wonder when it comes to Edison though if he maybe didn't have a didn't have a like a mole in the patent office. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. You kind of wonder. Well, he about filed that? patents like mad though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. He filed so through. Uh, what's the what was the name of the pl- the place that he had Edison? What do you mean Menlo Park? Menlo Park. Thank yeah. you. Through Menlo Park, he filed for bunches and bunches and bunches of patents. Oh yeah. So I I almost wonder if his patent went through because somebody went oh, another again. Edison patent uh, okay. stamp go. Yeah, that could be, or I, I I think it could be too because it it might be one of those dealios where you uh, kind of gotta like bribe somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was this was a time where that was not uncommon yeah. in this country. Yeah. So, Edison, but anyway, Edison gets his patent, and uh, Louis Le Prince does not. Uh, but as I was saying, Edison really benefited from Le Prince's disappearance, and the family felt like Edison and, and the Lumieres were taking credit for Louis Le Prince's invention. Uh, but apparently they couldn't sue. I read in one place that uh, only Louis Le Prince could take legal action under American law about anything regarding patent infringement. And so uh, the family could have taken legal action if Louis was dead, but he wasn't legally considered dead. That took years, as it always does. It takes like seven years, yeah. Yeah. And then he was declared, I think he was declared legally dead in 1897. By which point it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. I mean, they're off and running, and so, yeah. Uh, So anyway, years went by, and this is fairly recently. Like, we're talking like, you know, probably 10 or so years ago. A guy named... Alexis Bedford was a grad student at New York University, and he was doing research into the history of motion pictures, and he was in the archives of the New York Public Library researching Thomas Edison's work, and he found this worn leather book, which turned out to be one of Edison's notebooks, which I, I assume he had lots of. I would uh, imagine. Yeah, and in this book, he, uh, he found a note dated September twentieth, 1890, in Edison's handwriting, which read, quote, Eric called me today from Dijon. It has been done. Prince is no more. This is good news, but I flinched when he told me. Murder is not my thing. I'm an inventor, and my inventions for moving images can now move forward. Unquote. So Alexis Bedford took that journal back to New York University uh, and gave it to a historian there named Robert E. Meyer for authentication. And uh, this guy, Meyer, examined the journal that included handwriting comparisons and some sort of computer tomography scan or CAT scan. Uh, and he decided the journal was real. The note dated September 1890 was in Edison's handwriting, so it was a real deal. It was the smoking gun. <laughs> Thomas A. Edison, crime kingpin. Yeah. That sounds like him. Yeah. And at this point, there was another, a similar mysterious disappearance of another inventor who uh, Edison, Edison had Later to know. on. Not yeah, this is time. a while later, yeah. In 1913, Rudolf Diesel disappeared uh, in September 1913. He boarded the steamer Dresden in Antwerp, Belgium, bound for the UK, and uh, that was September September 29th, uh, and the the day of, he uh, disappeared. Oh, yeah. Apparently, the next day, he was supposed to show up at breakfast, and he didn't, so they went and checked his cabin. The, the bunk had not been slept in. He was nowhere to be found. They searched the ship, couldn't find him. They looked at his journal, and the last entry, which was September 29th, was nothing more than a cross. And the cross looked suspiciously just like one that Edison would have drawn. Was Edison, on, was Edison on the ship? Edison was not on the ship, but you don't know that his agents weren't. So for anybody who hasn't picked up on it yet, though, Joe, why, why is this guy important? 
diesel, Rudolph yeah. diesel. He yeah. invented the diesel engine. There we go. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that uh, obviously, as you know, the diesel engine is a real big deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, a big deal. It's, it's an okay deal. I don't know yeah. about big deal. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, uh, he drives like half the world. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, you know, ships and trucks and trains and oh my god, yeah, there's diesels all over the place. Yeah, um, 11 days after Rudolph Diesel disappeared, a ship ran across a body in the general area, uh, and they didn't really actually feel like dragging the body on board their ship. I I don't know why, but they did get into it, and they essentially lowered a boat, went over, rifled the pockets, took some personal effects, and in the end, it turned out the personal effects were diesels. I bet there's some superstition that goes on there. There might be, yeah. You don't really want to bring a dead body onto a ship. Well, yeah, this is 11 days later, so the body was probably kind of ripe. Yeah. yeah, and also it's totally possible that they didn't know by then, right? What, Where was he going on the ship? He was uh, going from Antwerp to the UK. Oh, so they knew. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, after a visit to the US. Right, got it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So there like, we go. If he was going to the U.S., there, it's possible they would have not known yet that somebody was missing. But the well, it, well, yeah, they just saw a body. They yeah. want yeah. they want to get some identifying things mm-hmm. off of it, you know, and then they just let yeah. it go. So Diesel died in. So the Diesel water. died. Yeah. So sent yet another guy with a connection to Thomas Edison, you know, mysteriously mysteriously dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Thomas Edison. Uh, well, anyway, this the whole story about the journal from the New York Public Library kind of has a stink of BS all over it. I think. I don't know what you guys think. Well, based on the legwork you did, I'm going to agree. Yeah, I agree too. I, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I called New York University. They'd never heard of this historian named Robert E. Meyer. And uh, I asked them, I said, well, what if he used to work for you, but he doesn't anymore? And they said, well, you know, if he worked for us, if he was on our faculty, he would have published stuff. And so if you do a, an internet search, that stuff will turn up. And it did not, And I, I had done those searches, and none of that stuff turned up. Mm. This guy, as, as far as I could tell, never existed. Which means likely this journal yeah. never existed. Yeah, exactly. But well, yeah, and it, frankly, it's it doesn't really pass a smell test. Yeah, I because, mean, even if it did, like, who does that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, murder somebody. <laughs> I know. Really. Uh, and as for as for Rudolph Diesel, I don't think Edison actually had any interest in developing a diesel engine. Apparently, that was one of one of Diesel's disappointments. Is he tried to he tried to spark some interest for that in America. And apparently, because the diesel engine is more efficient, uh, he thought, well, who could not want this, right? But well, also, didn't, I mean, the diesel engine was already a thing, right? No. no it when was diesel just, died? No. No, gasoline-powered engines were a thing, but not diesel, because yeah. diesel invented the diesel That's engine. That's what I mean. By the time diesel died... Yeah. He had, but he had it, hadn't, it the, hadn't been widespread. But he yeah. had invented it already. Yes. Yeah, and he, he probably had already had the patent for it, I presume, since it's called the diesel engine. Yeah, so here's presumably. the weird thing about patents is they're not they're not international. Mm-hmm. They're by country, typically, mm-hmm. which is the screwiest system in the world. Well, and, it seems it was enough that he... I mean, the it's named after diesel, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it seems like even if Edison had been interested in it before, diesel had already made a name for himself. Everybody already knew, hey, this guy is the thing, the one who did this. 
Yeah, but that never stopped. I mean, Edison, if Edison was truly interested in the engine, Mm -hmm. he could have patented it in the United States because he did things like that where he would get the patent. Somebody else would fight him and say they own the patent. He would then say, oh, let's be business partners. He'd bring him in as a business partner, then buy him out. Mm. And then that person disappeared from history. And Edison was the guy who made the invention. So he, he, he did a lot of hinky things but i want to i actually want to say that even though i don't think that this journal existed mm-hmm. i think that the way that you read it and you interpret it may be incorrect and it may have just been if it really existed an innocent note it could have been because yeah. if, if you read okay so this is four days after le prince disappeared yeah right okay so it says and i went back to it and it says Eric called me today from Dijon. It has been done. Prince is no more. So it has been done could mean something about the fight is done. Yeah, maybe he got bought out. He bought him out or something yeah. like that. Oh, and, yeah. you know, the good news is, it, this is good news, but I flinch. Murder is not my thing. Like, he's, oh, God, he died. Like, killing a man is not my thing. Like, it's crazy that he died. It's you still, can read into it a completely different way. It still implicates know. him because... Le, Le Prince was never seen or heard from again, nor was his stuff. So at the very least, that implies that Edison knew that Le Prince is dead. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Murder's not my thing. The guy said he was murdered. I mean, the guy doesn't know. Squat. The guy that calls him four days later, it's probably in the local papers. Local inventor or, you know, French inventor disappears. Manhunt under play. Mm. I I don't think that I I see what you're saying. So this guy calls and says, hey, Le Prince disappeared. Somebody killed him. He's gone. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's still. Yeah, I could see that. but, But here's the deal is Louis Le Prince at this point has been missing a grand total of four days, and so there's no reason to assume he's been murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Agatha Christie disappeared for how many days? Eleven. Yeah, and people said she'd been murdered right away. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> I, I just, I, I think that whole thing was just made up. Like, I, I, you know, I completely I, agree, but I yeah. also see how it wouldn't be as... Um, Necessarily. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like he didn't have a part in the murder. He just heard he was murdered. It's like, yeah, cool. That, yeah. that, that frees up. Yeah, that, yeah I get He wasn't that. being yeah. the evil monster that we've called him this whole time. Uh-huh. I mean, a little bit, though, because he said it was good news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Well, yeah. I mean, a little. Yeah, <laughs> well, he, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a nice guy, though. It doesn't so. matter. I don't think yeah, he wrote no. it anyway. Let's so continue. No, I don't think he did. <laughs> what, what else? <laughs> oh, oh, back, oh, back to diesel. I was just going to say, interest in the diesel engine at that time was just kind of minimal because it, uh, you know, we were Americans, and we weren't really interested in a more efficient engine. No. We uh, still aren't. We are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Still not interested. Yeah. Uh, also, Rudolf Diesel was having financial and health problems, uh, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of assumed that at this point in time that he committed suicide, but of course, at, at that time, there were some conspiracy theories about the whole thing, one of which involved the German Secret Service, who rubbed him out supposedly because they were developing their U-boats using diesel engines, and they didn't want Rudolf Diesel sharing his secrets with the British and the Americans. Mm. And that is a year before the outbreak of World War One. is that correct? Yeah. It was 1914 is when World yeah. War I started. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I could, I could see why yeah, that uh, theory would be out there for him. Yeah, and another theory was that uh, business rivals did him in. Uh, and there was yet another theory that was in the papers about less than a year after his death, said that he had, he had faked his death and was living in Canada under a new name. Did you add this part? Yeah. I, 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 I made up the new name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, that, yeah, his new name was Friedrich Gasoline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I was I was kind of hoping that that was what was in the newspapers at the time. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Friedrich Gasoline is uh, living in Canada. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so whether Edison actually stole Louis Le Prince's ideas, I can't really say. Uh, it might be a case of parallel developments. Uh, they just both kind of had the same idea, which is entirely possible. Or maybe Edison had a source down at the patent office who gave him information and drawings on patent applications. And so Louis the Prince applies, gets turned down, and then that stuff winds up in in Edison's mailbox days later, and mm. so you can get to work on his single lens camera. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think that for Edison, it was just lucky timing. Yeah, it probably. Well, was. I mean, I think it's it's not as though it happened in a vacuum either, right? I mean. There, lots there's of pe- a, you lots can of see the were. very clear progression from each step to each step, so it makes yeah. sense that they would have come to the same similar conclusion. Right, but what yeah. I mean is that if if Le Prince hadn't disappeared, he probably would have been able to show it worked and get his patents, and then Edison wouldn't have had the stranglehold on the whole thing. Yeah, and, and but it was it was just well, he might have been America still. It was, you know, it was perfect timing for him. It's like, hey, well, I kind of had some stuff going on. Let's just, oh, well, let's just see what I can make out of based on what we know about this guy's stuff. Yeah. And bang, mm-hmm. you know, back reverse engineering it. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Okay, enough of enough of Edison. I'm, I'm thinking Edison probably didn't do it. I'm going to uh, agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next theory, uh, this is a popular one too, suicide. Um, is claimed, uh, according to Louis Le Prince's great nephew whose name i don't know but he he said that apparently he was on the verge of bankruptcy and uh that so he com- decided to commit suicide and decided to do it in one of those wonderful perfect ways that creates a mystery arranging for his body and his luggage to never be found that's weird well i don't, I don't find it I'd, find it convincing no, no. yeah because really, that never that doesn't happen. Uh huh. Never. No, no. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, it, it can happen. If I was going to commit suicide, I'd probably do it that way. But in but, some perfect, mysterious way. Yeah, but the thing about it is, is he had this cool prototype that he was going to take to New York to show off, and uh, he had a lot to live for, I think, because it could have turned out that it, that thing could have taken the world by fire, and he could have gotten very rich. Probably would have. Probably would have. And if you take it to New York and it turns out it's a flop, well, then you kill yourself, sure. What if it, I mean, okay, so just to play, you know, the flip side of the coin here for a second. What if it turns out that his cool new prototype didn't actually work? Mm-hmm. As well, right, right? I mean, it worked for a little bit and then it, he found some fatal flaw in it or it broke. Oh, yeah. And so he was no. on his way, but he was thinking, there's literally no way I can fix this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with it. The mm-hmm. cabin boy dropped it and broke or, the lens or, or something. Or, yeah. you know, I there's literally no way to, I can't figure out how to make it more than two seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people are obviously going to want to record more than just two seconds. Well, I can't yeah. figure out how to make it more than two seconds. I'm a failure. Oh, God. How am I going to debut this in New York? I have to kill myself before anybody finds out about my failure and, and take my, my stuff with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I got a feeling because you know if you're if you're a guy like like him, you've got to go through a lot of iterations and failures and 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 modifications. You know, I I think he was probably if that had happened, he probably would have postponed the the, the showing and and, and just he had done showings of his work before. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just. Not with this Playing particular camera, but he's yeah, done no, showings I, I of his work, that, yeah. so it wasn't yeah. like this was his first rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, and the other reason I don't like the suicide theory, because he was almost bankrupt, is that his mom had died recently, and he was uh, actually going to inherit some, some money. 
Maybe so, he killed himself because his mom died. Maybe that's it. He was maybe depressed. He was really depressed about his mom dying. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, so much of that theory. Though. How do you guys feel about suicide? I uh, know. Yeah. I don't like really. it in general. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think so. Our next theory is that he was murdered for money. Uh, did I happen to mention that uh, Louis the Prince was getting an inheritance? You did. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, the number that I've heard is that uh, his mother left about $140,000 to her children, mm. yeah, which in today's dollars is about $3.7 million. That's uh, not nothing. Yeah, so the theory this, the theory on this, in this one is that uh, Louis's brother decided to increase his own share by killing him. Uh, and after all, his, Louis the Prince's brother was actually the only person who saw Louis the Prince get on that get train. On the train, that's true. So maybe he never got on the train to begin with. How many children were there? I, you know, I'd, I've not been able to find that out. I don't know. Not a, I mean, is it like three or 17? Do you have a general... Yeah, in those days, I, I think it's a smaller number. In those days, people had like 20 Lots children. Lots of kids, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and not three that of them many lived. survived. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So it was probably a... Uh, four, five, something like that. At the most, I yeah. mean, that's still a sizable sum of money. But yeah, I can see still... why his brother would knock him off for that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just that that was real money back in those days. It's uh, it's still real money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. I, I was laboring, you know, I was thinking we were all kind of in the same boat about $3.7 million being a lot of money. No. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'd say $140,000 is not, is not real money. Oh, days. that's still real money to me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, it is. Sorry if that's Devin news to you guys. Devin the proletariat over there. <laughs> yeah, that $1.6 billion uh, payout on Powerball kind of spoiled me. I can't get, I can't, I can't get interested in a jackpot that's less than a billion dollars yeah, now. I know, I know. Yeah, Yeah. And so um, I don't know about this theory that his brother murdered him. Uh, you know, if... Louis the Prince hadn't disappeared. No, no doubt he was down there in Dijon talking to his brother and showing him his cool prototype and explaining this amazing thing that's going to take the world by storm. If I were his brother, I'd be thinking, wow, holy crap, my brother might get stinking rich off of this. Maybe he's going to spread the wealth around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So, you know, there's that. That kind of So that kind of contradicts the suicide thing for me. Plus, I've heard that this family was actually close, and uh, they weren't the kind to go around stabbing each, stabbing each other in the back and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's also a situation where an accident could have happened. Uh-huh. I mean, if the brother is the only one that, that is the, the link to him getting on the train, then mm-hmm. that's the link that I would question the most. Mm-hmm. He's out at his property. He falls down and hits his head on a rock. His brother is covered in blood from it and... Looks bad. Looks bad, so he just buries him and his camera in a shallow grave. No, actually in a deep grave. Well, he... Shallow graves get dug up by animals. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been found. Well, he would have put the camera on top. Oh, I so see. So the animals yeah. would have, you know, taken pictures of themselves and that was it. Yeah, selfies. <laughs> the first animal selfie ever. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I mean, it's it's quite possible that it wasn't an intentional thing, that it was just an accident and... So Louis went swimming in the lake, and he sort of didn't come back. Or kind maybe. of. He was, but he was big, wasn't he? I mean, he was a tall guy. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was a big guy. It's not an easy feat to, ha- you know. Or it could have been he died like not actually. It died in an embarrassing way, like you know, autoerotic asphyxiation, <laughs> or maybe yeah. maybe he maybe he uh, you know like shot up with smack and overdosed. Uh, you know, something like that I mean, was embarrassing. You know, well, I so, get that you're making you know. jokes about it, but there there could be things that were considered an embarrassment to the family in the way sure. that he died, uh-huh. and they decided to hide that. That's mm-hmm. that's so far. The most plausible of all of the things that we've talked about. But here's why I don't think that happened, is because he uh, um, he had a, a 
couple of really valuable prototypes right there. So when your brother dies and you decide to cover it up, you could just say something like, well, he left, but he left these with us. He wanted us to ship them on to him in New York because he didn't want to be weighed down with them. Because you're not going to throw those things away. Those things are valuable. Joe, you're mm. the evil genius. That's why you think of these things? Uh, could be. <laughs> the people who club their family member with a brick never think about that stuff. Mm. That's not an accident. It yeah. is when you wink, wink, clubbed them with... It's, it's totally an accident. Well, I mean, there's times when, yeah. when you've got a sock and you've got a brick in it. And you're just sort of swinging it around. And sometimes you accidentally connect with somebody. So you know? I'm going to start just Skyping in to these recording sessions. Because <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. I mean, I mean come on, you guys. How, I mean, accidents happen, right? Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So murder. I'm not really keen on that theory. What do you guys, you like, guys like that or not? No, I don't think, I don't yeah. think his family had anything to do with it. I've already expressed my thoughts on this. Yeah, Okay. Our next theory. Same this, with this one. I don't think this one is out there. No, do I don't think it. so. But his family. This one says he disappeared voluntarily because his family. Well, not really voluntarily, but his family basically told him to get lost and, and disappear because he was gay. That, that there is somebody out there that puts out this theory. It says he disappeared, lived out the rest of his life in Chicago. Uh, why Chicago? I don't know why Chicago. I guess because there's a thriving gay gay community there. Uh, in the 1800s? Yeah, I mean, I, I would 1890s. guess it was one of the places that he probably didn't know anyone. Okay. That would be a good reason. You know? Well, yeah. That, so so he, he had financial But probably, like, he didn't know anyone in Japan either. So, like, mm-hmm. That would have made sense. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so financial problems, but also he was gay, and so the family wanted him gone because he was an embarrassment. And there was a reporter who put this story out called Leo Savage, who I assume is French. Uh, he says that Le Prince died in Chicago in 1898, which tells me that somebody should check the death records in Chicago for 1898. Uh, be on the lookout for French sounding names like Louis Le King. Louis the Queen. Um, but I got to say that evidence that Louis Le Prince was gay is really kind of thin. Yeah, I there don't. Really isn't there really is no there evidence. Is, I shouldn't say thin. It's non-existent. Yeah. 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 So that's silly. Yeah, I know. Okay, so much for that theory. Uh, another theory, he got off the train somewhere else. It's, it's actually quite a ways from Paris to Dijon. And How long of a ride was that? Do you know? Ballpark? God, I can't a couple remember. days? No, day? no, it wasn't a day. It was not a couple of days. No, was it, it was, was hours. It? hours. Oh, uh, hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, um, presumably that train stopped in other cities between because there's plenty of towns in between, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to imagine it wouldn't. So he could have gotten off the train somewhere else, uh, and maybe he just went off to start a new life. Uh, he might have shacked up with Dorothy Arnold. Um, <laughs> uh, or maybe he stepped out onto the platform just to get a breath of fresh air, and then the Lumiere brothers jumped him. I mean, that's possible. always possible. Those guys are vicious. Yeah, damn them. Uh, so you're not liking that theory either? No. Okay, yeah. fine. All right, fine. Let's move on to our last theory, uh, which is that he was the victim of a random mugging in Paris. Uh, yeah. I mean, possible. Yeah. Well, in twenty fifteen, yeah, uh, in twenty fifteen, uh, Louis Le Prince's great great granddaughter, who's named Laurie Snyder, uh, wrote a little thing re- and revealing that the friends who were supposed to meet him at the train station in Paris didn't actually meet him at the station. Apparently, they were supposed to meet up elsewhere. Uh, so the train arrived at around 11 p.m. And I looked at an almanac, and uh, it was dark at that time, <laughs> at that date. <laughs> oh, well, oh, great yeah. research, Joe. Yeah. 
<laughs> good. I'm yeah. glad. Thank you for looking that up because you know, it really, it's a question. It's I know. Really no, good I, I question. I cross I, all I my really T's and dot all my I's. To, yeah. You know, say, well, did you check to see if it was dark? Damn right. I called somebody in Paris <laughs> at 11 p.m. and they said, "What are you doing? Why are you calling me?" Uh, it's the, 11 o'clock. Do you know what time it out. is? I, they just babbled a bunch of nonsense. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, back to. Oh, so it was dark. His, uh, his granddaughter Lori thinks he was Very probably cool. robbed and killed, and his body thrown in the river. It's according to her, she found two news articles from around that period uh, of time that said that. Thieves in Paris were targeting lone travelers, which Louis Le Prince was. It's another, but I just, I guess for me, again, the two things are he was a pretty big guy. So again, you don't necessarily target, the, if, a, if a train got in at 11 in Paris, yeah. there were probably a lot of other, probably a lot of better smaller easier targets that were getting off at this, the same time this is true yeah. alone. I would agree with that. on top of that uh, his stuff never showed up yeah i know well, well it wouldn't necessarily well some of it would have even i mean even if what is it the sen the sen yeah yeah they'd have thrown it in the sen not all of it though i'm i'm not even just talking about the camera and the projector i mean he had other stuff with he had him. luggage too yeah yeah one would assume that at well, some point something would have shown up right not necessarily there's oh. there's this thing called a dumpster Think about it. Okay. So he shows up at 11 11 o'clock at night. He shows up and he's got this big camera and projector set up that he's got to carry and he's got a bag. So it's 11 o'clock. He's tired. He's walking down the street. And it's not like people just, uh, you know, run up to their mark and hit him. They follow him briefly and He's tall, he's tired, he's tall, yeah, but he's tired, he's kind of sluggish. He's run up behind him and club him in the back of the head. With with a a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. A brick and a sock, Swinging a brick. brick. And he connects and he goes down and you beat the crap out of him, throw him in the sen, take everything home, realize that this box that he had, there's nothing valuable in it, but hey, it's cold, I need to light a fire, so I throw the box in the fireplace. Yeah. To heat my house, and then you go through his, his stuff, and you get rid of it like, and, you know, you fence everything you can. Yeah, and get rid it's, of the rest it's of it. It's very plausible. I yeah. think it's more so than, you know, other than the swinging a brick and a sock part, I think it's totally plausible. Yeah, I think most likely what happened is he, um, this is what this is what Lori says in her article, Lori Snyder, is that uh, he probably caught a cab, which was no, in those days, of course, would have been a horse-drawn carriage, a handsome mm-hmm. Uh, is it a ha- handsome? Not a handsome. <laughs> anyway, handsome. Yeah. Uh, probably kind of handsome, and, and maybe the driver was less than scrupulous and just took him down somewhere by the sand and, and said, hey, by the way, thump, and then tossed the body, you know, mm-hmm. took the wallet and all that, threw the body in the river, and, and, and then just went on his way and went, went through the stuff later on. It's possible. So that's, that's, that's plausible. Um, uh, she also said a few other things in her article. She said that Louis the Prince loved his family. He would never leave them by suicide or by disappearing himself and mm-hmm. starting away. And and she knows all this from apparently from um, family the, records. Family mm-hmm. records and apparently her great great grandma, what's his name, Lizzie, Louis's wife, wrote a wrote some sort of memoirs. She also believes that the theory that his brother murdered him for money is ridiculous for the same reason. 
Uh, and, and as for the gay thing and the family forcing him to leave, she says the family actually spent a lot of time and money trying to find him after he disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. If, and, if it was, we're only going to use volunteers, I could see how people could say, well, they didn't really out of pocket, but they did spend money. They did. Yeah, they did. And so obviously if they knew that he had disappeared because he was gay and yada yada, then or why would they bother? Because his brother had killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Then they wouldn't have spent the money. Mm-hmm. Because they know they're wasting money. Absolutely. Unless the brother accidentally killed him and didn't say anything. Well, that could be. Yeah. This is why you don't swing socks with bricks in them in the house. I'm yeah, seriously stepping in next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not okay. Hey, Joe, yeah. you hold the sock. I got to yeah. get a brick. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm i all out of bricks. Yeah, I had, the last one that I had, I had to go throw in the river. I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, where are we at here? Uh, So just a little, a few afterthoughts here. Uh, In 1898, Thomas Edison brought a lawsuit against the American Mutoscope Company. Edison claimed that he was the sole inventor of cinematography, and so he was demanding royalties from Mutoscope. They were, I don't know what they were doing, making movies or what? Yeah. Yeah, and... uh, They were infringing, according to him. Yeah, I know, he owed them money. So uh, Louis Le Prince's son, Adolphe, testified for the defense... Uh, he was not allowed to show the court his father's cameras, unfortunately. Uh, Edison won the lawsuit. Adolf was the, the family was actually really, really upset about that whole thing because they expected yeah. to be able to make a case because their idea was this will get recognition to yeah. Dad for what Dad invented, and yeah. instead the defense put him up on the stand, let him do a little bit, and then took him away. Yeah. And yeah. they both just badgered, both the defense and the uh, prosecution just badgered the crap out of him. Yeah. And so, yeah. So poor, the poor guy. He was pretty young at that time, too. I think he was only around 20 or so. Uh, I think he was a little bit older than that. Yeah. But, yeah, he was a young guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two years later, uh, Adolph was found shot to death on Fire Island in New York, another victim of Thomas Edison, the one-man crime wave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on the other hand, uh, Adolf was bird hunting, so it could have possibly been a hunting accident. I'm not sure. That's why they have those safety vests yeah. today. They yeah. didn't then? No, yeah. they had bird vests then. Yeah. So they had dogs. Yeah. Sparked. Dogs. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, uh, I don't know how this happened, Paris police found a photo in their archives of a drowned man who'd been dragged dry- from the Seine. And apparently he resembled Louis the Prince. Oh, he was a John Doe. Yeah, he was a, some John Doe. Then they, I don't know why they were going through their archives, but they found it. I'm in sure they do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I think that lends a little bit of credence to the mugging theory. I don't know what you guys mm-hmm. think. Yeah. yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, I would give it credence based on that. Right, so, Plus yeah. what we've talked about before. Yeah. So yeah. I just still don't uh. like. I don't know why. I guess that it's you know it's that thing where he was such a prominent figure, and it doesn't sit well to me to have him meet such a kind of simple yeah, yeah simple I know. end i know you know? I know i know that uh that you lost this beautiful piece of technology that was really the first of its kind mm-hmm. just because somebody hit him over the head that's for that like is... a couple of pence or whatever you know it's that's uh-huh. the thing that gets me about that i know that's another reason to hate criminals really well it's yeah and i think it's why i have such a hard time even though i think my logical brain says yeah he was probably just mugged the rest of me is like no no it had to have been edison because it's the only thing that makes sense because mm-hmm. yeah. it's the only thing that gives any validity to his inventorship. It's not quite so random and, yeah. and, and absurd, you know. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. But, uh, 
but know, I, I agree. I think it's probably just a robbery. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that was really Edison's mo. I think Edison's way was just to buy people out. Mm-hmm. You know, steal or and buy. Steal, either a steal, lot. Yeah, steal their stuff or buy them out. The, yeah. Well, and and he. I think that the pinnacle of Edison's dirty tactics were with uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. and that's only because Tesla. In a, I think in Edison's mind, betrayed him because he left yeah. Yeah. and pursued what he wanted. And I think that's why he went to the extent of all the things that he did to show that AC was such a bad thing. But I, I don't think Edison did it. But I still, I'm inclined to say that either he was mugged and killed or possibly something happened at his brother's. I, mean, uh-huh. I, yeah. I, I still waver between those two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm not liking the brother, the dying at the brothers thing, just because he, you know those those prototypes were potentially valuable, and so anyway, that's why I'm thinking just a random mugging. Yeah. yeah. Or Thomas Edison. Now he was a jerk. You know, he just to prove that AC was bad, he electrocuted dogs and stuff like that. Put and, an elephant. And, an and an elephant. And an elephant too. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, and uh, though he didn't initially uh, come up with the idea, because of his stuff at Menlo Park, the first electric electric car was created yeah yeah and it was in that same time period so i mean he did he did all kinds of not good yeah. things and I, I i gotta tell you i don't believe direct current is all that safe either really oh no <laughs> electricity really. at large is not yeah safe. Oh. yeah it's, it's just it can it's do just things what to you. it is yeah i yeah. know it can really i mean think about the stories i told you guys when i tried to replace the outlet in my house yeah that was oh. dumb of yeah. you though yeah you can't use a fork instead of a screwdriver no i used a <laughs> screwdriver <laughs> wow. Properly, and I still shocked myself. Yeah. I know you got to be careful with that stuff. Uh, you know, I tell you, kids, this is my thing. Don't do, don't just go shut off the circuit breaker. Go shut off the power main to the house when you start to do that stuff. Just okay? go detach the transformer. because yeah. <laughs> that's for the safe. whole block. Actually, no, don't detach it because uh, you you have to climb up and, and you might fall and hurt yourself. Just shoot it a couple of times. Yeah, with the rifle. use yeah. your arrows yeah. from there your you bow go. and yeah. just shoot it a couple times. You'll be fine okay well i guess that's it for this week another compelling mystery i hope you liked it um you probably want to know how you can get a hold of us and send us emails telling us telling us how awesome we are <laughs> uh so that email address is thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com uh you can find us on facebook like us follow us uh, join the group you find us on twitter we are thinking sideways without the g streaming you can stream us just about anywhere and, of course, iTunes. You can find us on iTunes all the time. You can subscribe, leave us a review, hopefully a nice one. We'd appreciate that. And last of all, our website, it is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, where you can download the episodes, uh, you can look at the links. We always post a few of those. And you can leave comments, preferably nice comments. That's about it. Oh, wait, wait, I forgot. We've got a subreddit. Yeah. How could I leave that out? Uh, oh, yeah. It's pretty easy. Yeah, duh. Okay. And, of course, you can find us on Patreon, Patreon, patreon.com slash thinking sideways. That's if you feel like pledging money to help support the podcast. Uh, it's all always appreciated. Lots of you have. We we really do appreciate that. We really do. It's and voluntary. If, if in Patreon's a, a recurring basis thing, if it's easier for you to do a one-time thing, we've got the PayPal, mm-hmm. and then we've got uh, merchandise merch. available. we got merch, And yeah. we've added new merch. So there's new merch oh, on cool. there that people can get. New merch, yeah. You can buy, I think, in Sideways AR-15. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> False it. advertising. No. 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 That, that will happen one no, of these days. No, it won't. 
Mm-mm. All right. Well, well having I, all, right? That what are we done now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> My word stopped working. I was so nervous about yeah. it. <laughs> all right. So I guess that's it for this week. Any further thoughts? That's it. Oh, all right, all right. Well, ta-ta, everybody. Bye, Until guys. Next week. Bye, guys.